0: Three, two, one, and we are back. And this is day five. We've been looking forward to... To this podcast, as I'm sure many of you have as well, we are rating the least to most effective real estate lead generation systems ideas that exist on the market right now. If we've missed any, please do let us know and we will offer our two cents on um, as to whether they are something that agents should be putting any effort towards. Now, remember, we did um, create this list. It's over 30 ideas, 30 things that are being um, tested and implemented across the country right now as far as real estate lead generation ideas. But when making this list, we um, put it from the least effective to the most effective. Now, what does that mean effective? Our rules are really quite simple. Julie referred to them as our filters. Does it cost any money? Mm -hmm. What is
1: the likelihood of it actually turning into a transaction?
0: Well, and exactly. and How long will it take from effort to equal your results?
1: Is the conversation actually about real estate or are you randomly running on hopium and you're the only one thinking that person's a lead? If I were to interview them, Would they even say that they were interested in real estate or are you just hoping them into existence?
0: And most importantly uh, is the lead generation idea to, you know, basically not thinking of a better way of expressing it, but is the lead generation idea focused towards generating a seller lead or a buyer lead, because hopefully you know by now, and if you don't, well, you will know now (laughs) that you want to focus all your best efforts every single day generating seller leads because from seller leads come everything else. And if you've been in this business, for only 15 years or less, which is, by the way, basically all of you, then you don't realize what I'm about to tell you. You are in what is going to be, and you will look back in at, at this stage in your real estate career as being one of the best, um, you know, times in your real estate career because you can actually learn how to be a powerful listing agent now. No doubt, over the last three or four, maybe even five years. There were, there, was not, there were a lot of opportunities to list homes, but at the end of the day, there weren't a lot of opportunities to generate other leads off those listings. And that's what we've been sharing with you a lot in the different points that we shared with you over the last uh, week. And today, obviously, is the fifth day. But focus on what I'm telling you right now. This is the best opportunity in at least the last 10 years, arguably the last 15 years, to become a listing agent. Everything comes from a listing. Stop with the mindset that you have to buy buyer leads. Buying buyer leads is insane when you can take listing leads because you can generate so many free buyer leads, especially off some of the points and some of the ideas we shared with you this week. You can generate so many free buyer leads, but you can also generate loads of listing leads once you learn how to be a listing agent. The most important thing, if you want to have a long-term real estate career, it's not your brand. (gasps) <gasps> boo hiss, but it's true. Yeah. It's not you forming a team. It's not your social media. It's not you being famous on YouTube. It's your ability to become a powerful listing agent. There is no viable argument against that point. So embrace that. Realize that becoming a you know viable long-term listing agent where all your best energies every single day are focused on taking a listing, you're going to find what you truly want in your real estate career, in your life in general, which is a real sense of freedom. And that only comes from consistent cash flow. And that only comes from uh, consistently being able to generate, frankly, very motivated seller leads. And that's the reason we are so excited to present to you today point number three and number one. Um, And by the way, we will update this market, uh, update this list if the market starts to fluctuate. But we do feel that these are the three most important spokes in your lead generation wheel. All of you, thousands of you will join Premier Coaching this year. And when you do, and you're going to ask, what should I be focusing on first? It's going to be these three things. So I'm just saving you the effort of having to ask the question. <laughs> yeah,
1: cut that out. Okay. So the top three most effective ways to generate listing leads, and remember, listings will generate buyers for you, so that's baked in. Number three, your own past clients and sphere of influence. Most of you lovingly call this your database your past clients, your sphere of influence. Now, in order for this to actually work, you have to have regular communication that is systematized, at least five contacts per day using the Ford script. We teach all of this in Premier Coaching and we also have some podcasts dedicated to that. Past client appreciation parties, events, things we teach you in Premier Coaching, we have actually a 12 month system for that pop buys to your top 20 to 30 past clients for the holidays, special occasions, things like that. Systematic expansion of your center of influence, your database. Now, here is why this is number three. First of all, it is absolutely the foundational everlasting spoke for every single one of you. We talked about spokes in the wheel, your lead generation wheel on our first part of this series, but this is a foundation. Why? Because when you look at somebody, you say, hey, Tim, how'd you get that listing? It's probably because they already knew you if you were doing a good job at this.
0: If you do this uh, correctly over time and not really that much time, centers of influence and past clients will become your best source of business. Full stop. It happens for everyone. If you do this poorly... In two or three years, you will wish you would have done it correctly. Faster. And, and we hear that constantly from mm-hmm. coaching clients. So if you ask anybody that's been in the business for a long period of time, I'm laughing because you and I have been in this business for a long period of time. We've asked this question so many times. And yeah. you ask the biggest, baddest ass, you know, uh, grizzled real estate veteran what they wish they would have done at a higher level, 100% of the time, they're not going to say TikTok.
1: Nope.
0: <laughs> they're going to say centers <laughs> of influence of past clients.
1: That they would have done a better job earlier Actually communicating with them, nurturing their own database, and why they always say again the same thing: they would have spent less money on the speculative things, on guessing, on hoping, on trying things out, had they actually done a better job at this. Now, here's so, the, do a good job from the get-go.
0: Here's the thing that now we're gonna um, let's make sure we talk because there's agents that are listening now that are brand new and thinking to themselves: I have no past clients, so let's make sure we drill down on that being not not an obstacle to pursuing this sure. uh, lead generation source. Uh, But ultimately, when you're looking at centers of influence and past client, be very clear because we want you to see both sides of it. It is not predictable and duplicatable. It is not something you can consistently wake up every single day and say, I'm going to generate a lead for my centers of influence and past client. It just doesn't work that way because it's similar to the other sources of business. It's not going to be your list is not going to be full of people that are actively looking to buy or sell real estate versus some of the other points that we gave you the reason that centers of influence and past client is so high up on your lead generation uh spokes it's reason it's number three and not number four let alone 30 is because it's something all of you can do new agents or grizzled veterans and it's something that will create over time usually half of your transactions i remember Mm -hmm. very clearly our fourth like our first year in the business julie and i sold over 100 homes and we sold 100 to 200 homes every year thereafter. But I remember it was about year four, maybe it was year five, that and we kept very good records. We had a dry erase board just like we coach all of you guys to do, where we'd write down our closings, you know, you it just to visualize this for you. There'd be a big dry erase board, it, you know, have to leave room for at least 200 different properties that we'd sold, and buyers were written in blue ink, sellers were written in red ink, and I and then we'd also mark where the source of the business was. And we would always ask, or at that point, we had an assistant that would ask, why did you decide to call Tim and Julie for the job of selling your home? That kind of thing. And we were figuring out within that fourth or fifth year that all of the business that we had generated in the first few years from proactively generation were now turning into repeat and referral. And they were sending us lots and lots of consistent business. And it was about June or July. And I looked at the board and Julie and I, I like I said, I remember this like it was yesterday. Um, because it was such an epiphany for us. It was such an aha moment over half of the actual sold transactions, both buyers and sellers were from centers of influence and past clients. And it's, we hadn't even, I'd say on a scale one to 10, we were doing probably number six or seven as far as how effective. But Mm -hmm. after that we (laughs) went to like 47,
1: we got drilled down real quick.
0: We did because it was so obvious, but I think it's one of these things. Like when I interview somebody, um, for this podcast or just coaching clients, it is unbelievable how often they take their centers of influence and past clients for granted True. and, or they think that their way of winning their way into getting business from, uh, you know, centers of influence and past clients is by dropping off tchotchkes and whatnot. Right. You, you have to be willing to do the work and make the call because here's the chance you're going to, what you'll experience. A lot of times your center of influence, or let's say your past client as someone you sold the house to is going to be on another agent's center of influence list. So there's a good chance that that other agent is dropping off. Forget me not seeds in April and pumpkin pies in November. So if you're thinking that you're going to win that person's uh, business in the future by sending them a, a whole bunch of stuff over the preceding years and that's going to somehow get you in the end zone when it comes to getting that business when they're ready to list that house. What if there's other agents doing the exact same thing? You're not unique. And a matter of fact, you've actually kind of diminished your own personal brand in the eyes of that consumer because you're the fourth agent that dropped off the forget-me-not seeds. you guys get the point? So the thing that ultimately wins the day, and we really like this as well, and this is what we coach you to do in Premier Coaching, is direct proactive contact uh, where you're ha- actually having a conversation that's usually, frankly, not about real estate. And it's going to be a scripted approach and gives you a conversation outline to have with that prospective seller, um, that past client center of influence. And you keep the, you know, you keep the home fires burning and then they will absolutely refer a business to you far more frequently than if you just dropped off a pumpkin pie last November. Be very clear about that. The agent who's willing to do the real work of real estate and be proactive with their contacts will always win. There was a really heinous article on Inman, which Julie and I love Inman, by the way, we're we're contributors. But the subject was total clickbait. The title is cold calling dead or something stupid like that. And I suppose it is dead for people who never learned how to do it in the first place. Honestly, Mm -hmm. it was dead because it never was alive.
1: Right. And for people who think about all calls must be cold calling. I mean, they're not all the same.
0: They're not the same. If you're calling a center of influence and past client, like if you're cold calling, true cold calling, that's where (laughs) <laughs> you just have a list of phone numbers. I was about to say the white pages, but they wouldn't know what it was where you have a list of phone numbers yeah. and you start calling those phone numbers just randomly looking for a listing lead. That's what would be circle prospecting or those types of things. That's cold, which is by the way, I think it was number 20's 20, 29 on our list of things that are yeah. that, where you should be offending. It, it's ineffective really. Um, it is a good uh, starter, it, igniter for you to start doing the real work, but it's absolutely not a very predictable, duplicatable. It, we don't even teach you guys really how to do it. it. There are scripts for it in premier coaching, but it's really not effective. Even if you have an assistance, it, look, if they want to learn how to make phone calls and feel more comfortable doing the work, that's fine. Get them doing those things. But very quickly migrate them towards the, uh, the business that's going to be of more value. But the moral of the story, when you're calling these guys, your centers of influence and past clients, you're calling them on a regular basis, you will start getting regular referrals from them. Now, if you're a new agent and you do not have past clients, Julie, what do you do?
1: If you do not have past clients, realize that you may have past clients from a different iteration of your business. Maybe you sold something else and you do have past clients. They're just not real estate past clients, but you certainly have a center of influence. Those are your friends your family, your relatives, your neighbors. You can start with your own neighborhood. You can actively build your sphere of influence list. And you can always, actually in the uh, Harris Rules book, as well as the Real Estate Treasure Map, and of course in Premier Coaching, there's a memory jogger that helps you think of who is actually on your center of influence list or your sphere of influence list. Every single person listening has a minimum of 100 people that you can write down on your list today You start with, who are your regular contacts on a daily basis? Well, I run into my kid's teacher. I run into, you know, the pharmacist when I pick something up. I talk to so-and-so. I know the president of my HOA. And then you say, who does that person know? And who does that person know? You look in your smartphone. You build your contacts. Even if you don't have past clients, you got licensed yesterday and you have yet to do a deal, you do have a center of influence. You do have your own neighborhood. You know, when we got started, we had had a car cleaning and detailing business in college. Those were, that was the first newsletter that we started sending and the first people we started talking to. And it took a while to bridge that gap, but we did use that as our first center of influence. Now, if
0: you combine point number three, past client centers of influence, and you combine it with some of the previous points about being more involved in your community that we talked about before, those things in combination, like we've had, I would say some of my most, my least well-known Most profitable coaching clients I've ever had would be focusing on centers of influence and past clients, but also worked effectively within a country club or a couple tennis clubs.
1: It's like they had their own spokes under that spoke, right? I think of it as watch gears, right? If you look, if you open your watch up, you've got gears that are working in tandem with each other. So you can build, if you're going to get, like you said, and I would agree with you, many of our coaching clients have well over 50% of their business developed from this particular spoke. But you have to think of it with little mini spokes, right? So you might have a database, a center of influence with your kid's softball team. And then you might also have your professional center of influence. Then you've got your neighborhood. You've got your HOA directory. And maybe you also regularly go to a BNI group. You have to have more of this going more consistently with more contact than you think in order to get really big results.
0: Rob Johnson, number one agent with his brokerage in uh, Greenwich, Connecticut, one of the hardest uh, markets to ever get any traction in. I I'm sure I'm playing sure. Yeah. And the average sale price is probably $10 million. It's where, I mean, it's, I've just, it's ridiculous. Then the estates and the properties there are spectacular. Well, Rob basically was a new agent and he would not, he told me straight up, he will never do any real proactively generation. So I tricked him. <laughs> I said, well, we'll let you, what will you do? What do you do now? Like, what are the things you like to do as hobbies? And he told me the things he likes to do. And I said, well, okay, so let's talk about that. When you're there, tell me exactly what you do. Do you see the same people all the time? Well, generally speaking, I go every Wednesday at 3 o'clock or whatever and, you know, that type of thing. I said, well, how about if we were to start figuring out ways that we could start having very low-stress conversations with these folks where you're going to go to, let's say, your cigar-smoking club or your shooting club. Remember, it's Greenwich, Connecticut, Right. Or you're going to go to your, whatever it is, and you're going to, well your skeet shooting club, That was another thing you belong to. Your L.L. Bean photo shoot. It's, well, not even L.L. <laughs> Bean, more like yeah. Ralph Lauren, right? Right. You know, your, your Ferrari skydiving club, wherever the hell it is. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah. Well, you're going to go there, and what you're going to do is you're going to intentionally have three conversations with folks where the last thing you ask them, you're going to talk about the weather, whatever the hell they want to talk about, and you're going to end every single time you do one of these things. You do one of these things three days a week. And every, day of the, every time you go, you have conversations with people just like you normally would. You can do that, right? Yes, yes. So you end every conversation with a simple one-liner. Oh, by the way, like when the conversation's over, uh, who do you, whom, he's British, whom do you know who's thinking about buying or selling real estate in this market that I should be helping? <laughs> right? That was it. That's the only, he would not be proactive and probably in those environments that would not be very appropriate for him to be very proactive. So he would talk about whatever it is that they wanted to talk about that you normally talk about, you know, when you're running with the bulls in your Lamborghini, I don't know what you do in Greenwich, right? <laughs> right. Okay. So, and then in that conversation towards the end, you ask that simple, innocuous question. Oh, by the way, who do you know who's thinking about buying or selling real estate that I should be helping? And sure enough, what started to happen is he started getting leads from all those sources. And because his average sale price was so high, he didn't have to be, he didn't even have to get that many leads. He had a sale. That came from something very similar where he was networking for $50 million. That's amazing. One of the most expensive houses in the United States to ever sell.
1: Well, worth opening his mouth and talking about real estate, I should say.
0: Exactly. And that came, by the way, from a professional center of influence from an agent in Manhattan that referred it to him. But it was still from him having these really indirect conversations Mm -hmm. that led up to real estate. Rob is a sweet guy, gentleman. And if I were doing business or sending business to Greenwich, Connecticut, he'd be my number one guy. Because everybody loves him, he's such a classy guy, just wonderful, wonderful person. Uh, And he did not want to tarnish his, he didn't want to be seen as being something he didn't feel like he could be, which is more of an aggressive, sort of more proactively generator. Fine. So do what you're doing, but do what you're doing and offer and remind them gently that you're in the real estate business and you will be shocked how quickly you can get a business from that. I'll give you another example, just to really belabor this point. Julie is a classical musician, and she used to play in various orchestras when we were in Columbus, Ohio, and she's played in orchestras in other parts of the country. Well, she used to go to, you can pick it up, your practice.
1: Sure. Whenever I would have, and usually if you're playing in one of these things, you have at least a weekly rehearsal before concerts. You have two or three rehearsals, and on purpose... I always would dress a notch nicer than anybody I was around. This is actually part of the Harris Rules book, talking about upgrading everything. And why was that? Because people would always ask me, oh gosh, you look so nice. What is it that you do? I sell real estate. Then that turned into talking about what they do, right into the Ford Family Occupation Recreation and Dreams Conversation outline, which at the time I didn't really realize I was doing until we developed it more. And then I, or I would say I just came from a closing and end with, by the way, whom do you know who I should be helping buying or selling real estate? And we did do a ton of transactions from my music center of influence. We did. Okay, but why? I wasn't a secret agent about it.
0: Well, I, you you were in a way. What you I, did...
1: I, under my parameters, yes. Right. So,
0: and here's the thing. Julie was being obviously smart with that. If she walked into an environment where she's a musician, all you musicians are introverts, they're certainly... You guys get the idea. They're not people that are very gregarious or demonstrative. Julie would show up and she'd be dressed professionally and all of them as at the end of the day would have taken their work clothes off and they'd be dressed casually and she stuck out and she stuck out in a good way and then she started getting leads from it. Now here's the, the, the sub point on this. People have a tendency um, to want to do business with people that are like them. And that is something that if you understand, you can leverage and that has to do with people that maybe of the same religion. I mentioned Ben Salem yesterday. Um, that could be people that have similar likes. I just told you about Rob Johnson, people that are musicians, Julie Harris. You guys get the point? So if you're being yourself, doing what you already love to do, if you have, even if it's just walking a dog, right, you're going to run into other dog walkers. People Buy
1: or sell with me, adopt a pet for free.
0: Exactly. I mean, there's another story to tell the story <laughs> since you started it.
1: Uh, are you talking about my dog walker? Yes. Okay. So again, somebody that said, I'm not going to be a prospector. I'm not going to cold call. I'm not going to do this, that, and the other thing. Well, what do you like to do? Well, I like to volunteer at the dog shelter and, and walk these dogs that are at the no kill shelters. Okay, great. So that's something she liked to do. We expanded doing more of it. She started wearing a shirt and putting a shirt on the dog she was walking saying, I, I'm adoptable. Ask about me. Right? So that was her icebreaker because she wasn't going to be somebody that got in your face and said, Hey, Tim, when do you plan on moving? She's, that's not her jib-jab, right? But what she did like to do is take care of the animals. She did become comfortable with talking about the animals. Then somebody would say, well, gosh, you don't actually do this for a living, do you? No, I sell real estate. Leading to the question, whom do you know who I should be helping buying or selling real estate? Now, within 90 days or less, she had eight pendings. The most she had ever had at a single time from
0: all the dog walking, from the
1: dog walking, right. and simply doing what she liked to do anyway, but adding on some simple real estate scripting. What
0: are the elements of this idea, or all the things we've been sharing with you that make it effective? Number one, you're putting yourself in a position to have direct conversations with people about buying or selling real estate. You're not hiding behind a keyboard or trying to figure out a fancy click funnel. You guys get it. You're not trying to figure out some sort of you know clever way to you know make a YouTube video. You are now. Someone would argue. And there's, and there's validity to this argument that that's one-to-one and the way you're going to have uh, – you'll be obviously in front of more people if you're one-to-many. I've heard this argument – it's not a bad argument, but the reality of it is, is when it comes to real estate transactions, for 99% of you, you're going to get faster results, more effective results, putting yourself in a position to have one-on-one contact with people versus spending all your time trying to become famous on YouTube where it's going to be you making a video and hopefully thousands of people are going to want to you know, react to it in such a way that they're going to want to do transactions with you. You guys get the difference? So be very clear in your head. All of the previous you know, 31 things that we mentioned to you, they have value. They, they could be useful, but they are not your should not be your core spokes in your lead generation wheel because they either are frankly very ineffective, if not totally ineffective. They are going to be too costly, um, and they're going to take too long to generate leads. Oh, somebody asked me, Julie, and you didn't mm-hmm. have them on the list uh, agent websites, and, and was it didn't even merit even having on our master list. Here's the bottom line about agent websites. Don't do it. There's been tons of research that's shown that a standalone agent website gets on average zero leads per year. If you don't believe me, go to Inman because Teak Wiggins did the actual research on this. And I think that's really fascinating. So, so many agents, not so many as they used to be, think when they get into the business, they need to have a standalone website with IDEX feed and all sorts of drip campaigns and all this other stuff. That is war is over. And at this point, there's no sense in even uh, starting a website, spending your money, spending your time on doing anything like that. You should have a presence online, but your presence should just be having very effective profiles on, for example, YouTube, on Facebook, on Instagram. So people can find you because those are going to be the results that are going to come up when someone searches your name. They're going to, your Instagram profile, your LinkedIn profile, your Twitter profile is going to come up first. So just build profiles on there so people can find you, maybe gather a little intel about you, and that's all they need. Do not waste your time or effort building an agent website. Agent websites have been ineffective for at least 10 years. Julie,
1: point number two. Point right, number two, another favorite. You knew it was coming for sale by owners, otherwise lovingly known as unrepresented sellers. Now, here's some points for you to write down why you are going to take this very seriously. For sale by owners, they have a help wanted sign in their yard. They (laughs) clearly and obviously have a home to sell, unlike previous things that we've mentioned. They are clearly displaying their phone number. What do you guys like to complain about? I can't get accurate phone numbers. They're handing it to you. It's written on the sign. They have market tested the price. Now, sometimes especially in our current market, you may be able to list it for their price and still get it, but at least you've got a a basis of doing your CMA, which makes it a little easier.
0: That's actually a really interesting point. Let's say inflation next year, and inflation and appreciation sort of act the same. But let's say you go and you uh, talk to a for sale by owner, and let's say they're listing at 500, it should really be at 475. Well, with what what inflation or appreciation, they might actually be priced right in about two months. So Mm -hmm. don't use that as your excuse because they didn't Mm -hmm. list it at your price. We're getting into this for sale by owner in the last point. These things do require skill, which means you're not going to have a lot of competition because most agents aren't going to take the time to develop the skill. They're going to take emotional skill. Same thing I said before. You're not going to have a lot of competition because agents, what agents will do nowadays is they're going to probably just ignore the for sale by owners.
1: They'll claim that there aren't any.
0: Or they'll claim there aren't any or they'll just mail them something and then they'll say, I tried for sale by owners, but it didn't work. It's because you didn't work them.
1: Because you tried one.
0: It doesn't make sense that if you're willing to spend so much money on all these other passive sources of lead generation and you're spending so much money and so much time on social media that you drive past a for sale by owner who's a seller who actually has a house for sale that's giving you their phone number who basically is looking to have a conversation with you about actually getting their home sold. You why does it even remotely make sense that you wouldn't actually go and have a conversation with that person? I'll tell you why. You know why? Cuz you don't know what to say or how to say it. Well, guess what? That's what coaching is all about. If you really want to have an unfair advantage in this marketplace because of this market, frankly, learn how to do what other people aren't willing to learn how to do and do it at the highest level. And you'll have what other people will never have, which is a long-standing, very profitable real estate career.
1: That's right. So they also can be the most loyal clients ever because they've actually tried and not succeeded at what you do for a living. That always amazed me. The mm-hmm, most true. loyal clients we ever had were for sale by owners because they actually appreciate what you do. Many will also buy with you. Here's another example of one contact who may have multiple transactions for you uh, once their home is sold. And even if they've already bought, that's good too because now they're extra motivated. Now this is using our filters super inexpensive, and highly effective once you understand the prospecting and follow-up scripts. It can be and should be a major source of listings for you, not to mention the business that those listings produce for you.
0: I'm not going to go after for sale by owners because everyone calls them. No, they do not. I promise you.
1: You're not or you wouldn't have
0: said that. Exactly. You're just looking for excuses. It is harder than essentially making a TikTok video. It requires more... Actually... I'll argue that learning how to do be a proactive lead generator nowadays is vastly easier than essentially learning how to be effective on social media. 100% I think that's mm-hmm. true. Why? Because there's only a few things you need to know how to say and, and frankly questions to ask when you're dealing with any sort of proactive lead generation. It's, it's a predictable, duplicatable pattern. It's saying the same thing over and over again. You say this, seller say this. It's the same thing over and over again. Whereas with social media, the social media companies change the rules constantly.
1: And there's more barriers between you and the actual victory at the end. Right?
0: Well, to Julie's point, you can actually get better and mark your progress getting better at proactive lead generation. Your effort equals your results, whereas in all other forms, of, especially passive lead generation that's digital, your effort could equal no results. Because some little algo change happened, and the next thing you know, your videos are not getting seen, or your TikToks are not getting seen. Look what happened with Instagram last year. Everyone was thinking Instagram's all about pictures. Well, guess what? Instagram now wants videos. And if you're not putting up videos, your pictures are essentially not getting shown to your people that have followed you. So all your pictures on Instagram now have to be videos, or you're not going to get any, essentially all the time you've wasted creating this big Instagram picture portfolio is now for naught because somebody just started creating Instagram short videos. And now the people that would have been exposed to your pictures no longer are because Instagram just decided to change the rules.
1: No control for you.
0: Exactly. No control for you. And you built your mansion on land you do not own. You've now basically had the landowner foreclose on the mansion. You lose yeah. the land, you lose the mansion. When you learn how to be a proactive lead generator, it does require skill. It does require effort. It does require some dedicated time, but the results are predictable and duplicatable. When you're proactively generator, you can wake up every single day and you can say every single day, I will set a pre-qualified listing appointment today. How do I know it's true? Because we've had tens of thousands of coaching clients who have learned how to do just that. Be very clear. Proactive lead generation is the primary spokes you should have on your wheel and then enhance it with passive lead generation.
1: And I can tell you, I'm in control when I talk to Safe for Sale by Owners because I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that all 10 conversations I have today (laughs) are with 10 people absolutely have demonstrated that they have a home to sell and I easily got their phone numbers and I easily found them. I didn't have to double opt-in drip system them to try and hope that they find me. The control is much better You can create your own predictable, duplicatable outcome.
0: Drill down on what Julie just said, guys, because if you're, for example, saying, well, I'm doing prospecting, I'm doing, I'm cold calling, I'm doing circle prospecting. You're calling and one in what, 250 might be interested in doing a real estate transaction where where you have a list of 10 for sale by owners and all 10 of them want to do a real estate transaction. I like
1: that ratio better. And,
0: And so why aren't you doing that? Why not? Oh, guess what? It's a skills thing. You can learn the skills. And once you learn the skills, here's the other thing that's nice. Once you learn the skills, they're transferable. If you decide, as Julie and I did, you no longer want to live in Columbus, Ohio, and you want to live someplace where it's warm all the time, your skill sets transfer. If you spend a lot of time building a geographic farm and doing all this specialized stuff in your home market that was all predicated on passive lead generation, and you decide to leave, you're going to have to recreate all of that. And we've had coaching clients mm-hmm. who were over-invested with passive lead generation in one particular geographic area. And for whatever reason, that geographic area, maybe the local employer you know, went to pot or whatever. All kinds of different things happen. A hot neighborhood 10 years can become a cold neighborhood. But they were stuck in that neighborhood because they invested so much time, direct mail, postcards, all this other stuff. And they never actually learned how to be proactive lead generators. So they, the puck moved and they couldn't move where the puck was going to be. Don't let that happen to you.
1: All right. So on the very top of the list, the icing to the cake is number one, you knew I was going to say it, expired listings. I would say expired, withdrawn, temporarily off the market, but especially expireds. Now, the most motivated, not only relist right away, but will do what's necessary to get the home sold, price, condition, et cetera. They will literally tell you, just tell me what to do. No expired ever expects to have their listing expired. In other words, They're they coachable. Know,
0: They know what the price isn't.
1: Which is good for you, too. Think how much easier your CMA is.
0: Advanced coaching, though, sometimes expireds are actually priced correctly, and you don't have to lower the price. Sometimes, in America, like what I described before, with inflation in, in brackets, you know, appreciation, an expired might be underpriced it just was essentially underserved by the previous listing agent and that's obviously what we drill down in premier coaching and teach you we think right now and i I'd, I'd love to have someone argue with me about this argue effectively with me about this we think expired listings are the single greatest opportunity that the real estate industry has offered to agents at least the last 15 years more than social media but you have and why because they they require skill and because there is going to be an extraordinary number of expired listings, especially over the next two or three years, because so few agents know how to get homes, uh, you know, essentially sold in this market. And that is going to be, An unbelievable sea change to who are the most dominant agents in the industry. Agents who have only had real estate businesses in the last 15 years, who have been doing the branding and the marketing and the buying of the buyer leads and the building of the teams and all the rest of it. You've done the right thing in the right market. But now the market's changed. Are you going to change with the market? This is your opportunity to you to become basically your own powerhouse, your own listing lead generator, leads generator for buyer leads. You don't have to buy leads anymore as long as you know how to be a, a very effective listing agent. Expired listings, knowing how to actually um, get those listings is a skill set that few agents have learned to develop over the last 15 years for a whole variety of reasons. We're here to tell you, expired listings, the single best opportunity in real estate right now. And if you were to ask Julie and I, what we would do if we were to get back in the business, 100% expired listings. And the second thing is centers of influence and past clients.
1: Yeah. And with some for sale by owners as well. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So back to expired listings, everything that you just said, and especially, you know, you're talking about sometimes you can get it back on the market at their previous price or even higher, especially the older ones, even a year old, 18 months old, you're probably going to hit them out of the park this time. Now, In addition to the obvious fact that they clearly have a home to sell and are not random cold leads like other sources, many of them, just like for sale by owners, will also buy with you once their home is sold. Some of them are investors with multiple homes to sell. This is an inexpensive and extremely effective source of business. And we're even going to help you out with that. You can text the word RED to 47372 for your discount at REDX. REDX is a company that supplies you with phone numbers for for sale by owners and expired.
0: So text the word RED to 47372 and they'll text you back a discount. I think it's 150 bucks right. off your first month. And they actually will go into your MLS, pull up the phone numbers, all the listing data. So you wake up in the morning. Remember I said you can wake up in the morning and you can set a pre-qualified listing appointment every day. That's your shortcut to getting that done, so you actually don't have to do the work yourself. Some of you say, "Well, I'm going to do expireds," and then you go to the MLS and you try to search. Well, here's one that just expired. And then you waste two hours trying to find phone numbers. Stop playing games. You know exactly what you're doing. You're trying to procrastinate picking up the phone because you spent so much uh, so much time trying to generate the lead. Don't waste time doing the busy work. Do the real work. Get uh, a subscription to Red X. Just text the word RED to 47372, and they will do all the research for you. Um, yeah, and that's the easy, That's the shortest of shortcuts to expired listings. But guys, listen, the, at the end of the day, this can be the best market, and this next three to five year stint in the real estate industry could be the best experience as far as helping people making money of your lifetime because of this market. Because there's so many agents that don't know what to do or don't know how to do it. Not just agents, but brokers, office managers. If you're a broker, if you're a mentor, if you're a coach, if you're whoever, team leader, has only been in the business for 15 years or less, they might say they know how to do these things, uh, but they don't. You know how I know? Go look to see how many expired listings they've ever taken. you got to be super careful who you're listening to and and frankly, the advice you're taking because in a market like this, one little misstep. Is going to put you off direction more than you can possibly imagine. Look at, for example, just staying on expired listings for a second. Go to your MLS, research to see how many expireds there have been in the last 12 months. Do that. Not just your little geographic area of the 30-mile circumference of your home. Nope, your entire MLS. I've had different, uh, different uh, agents listening to the podcast and coaching clients have done this. The number in some cases is going to be over 10,000. You're going to be shocked. If you're in a big market like LA, I bet it's close to 20,000. Now what I want you to do is then do another search with those expired to see how many of those have been relisted. And you're going to find that almost all of them are relisted within 12 months. The last statistic I remember was 90% of all re- uh, expired relist within um, you know, 12 months, but most of them relist within the first 30 days. And
1: most of them will sell almost immediately. That's
0: right. And so that is what Julie and I would do if we were getting back in the business for sure. It does require skill. I like hard things. You should too because you're, you're going to have less competition. I like doing the things that other people won't, uh, aren't willing to do because there's more opportunity. That's how you should consider thinking because of this market. And it's re- unbelievable when you take your first when you set your first expired listing appointment you are going to be so proud of yourself when you take your first expired listing you're going to be so addicted to it then you're going to start looking at the MLS and you're going to look at life you're going to look at the real estate business and you're going to say Oh my gosh, today there were 30 expireds, and the average expired was $500,000. And if I were to list one of those, it's 15 grand,
1: you you're, know? You're going to say, let me at it.
0: Let me at it. Instead
1: you... of, oh, nothing's expiring in my market because you did a tiny little market search. Or gosh, if some other agent couldn't sell it, well, how am I going to be able to sell it? Cut the excuses and embrace it. Some of those are the, some of the most fun, exciting coaching calls is when you guys get that light bulb over your head and you go, oh my gosh, I know how to do it. How could I have been hiding out from this for so long? Let me have it. Let me add it. I got my pre-listing package made. I got my skills polished up. I know I can do this. And not only, you know, one of the things we should have said about both for sale by owners and expireds is that this is one of the only ways that you can literally choose your listing inventory now yes we want you to list your past clients center of influence those are all great houses but you can't tell me which one of them is going to list next but you can look at your fisbo and expired list and say you know what i want to raise my average sale price from 350 to 550 so every expired i'm going to go after i'm going to look for the most popular neighborhoods good looking houses that maybe had a crappy you know description or too many showing instructions and I'm going to take five listings between 550 and 750 in the next 60 days or less. And I am going to upgrade everything about my business. You have the control over that.
0: On day two or three, I don't remember of this series, I asked you if you had to take three listings in the next 30 days, you'd win a, you know, all, all expenses, all taxes paid check for a million dollars, right? What would you do? Uh, You knew automatically it wasn't going to be doing the passive stuff that you've been led to believe is going to get you success in real estate. You knew exactly where I was going with our 30 plus points with regards to the least to the most effective sources of lead generation. Now it's up to you to do something with this information. Uh, And I don't know why you wouldn't because the reality of it is is that once you learn the skills there's actual skills of making the calls and there's a psychological psychological skills of dealing with your emotions and also the seller's emotions but once you learn them the more you do it the easier it becomes and the more predictable and duplicatable it comes if you work this consistently you're going to find if anything it gets boring boring is good
1: <laughs> boring when, is profitable yeah, too yeah exactly when you, you yeah the more predictable and duplicatable and the more control you have the more profitable your business is going to be. Look at, you know, if you were to choose and keep them in the top 10 if possible, the top, you know, three to five spokes that you're going to take seriously and not just dabble, but really learn, get the coaching on it, upgrade your skills, systematize it, okay, take it seriously. The expenses involved in the best spokes are minimal. Yep. You can run a kick-ass, super profitable business with a really high net and really high skill Using the best spokes that we've presented to you, have all of the control in your corner and have so much more confidence. And I have to say, having many coaching clients that have done this at a really high level, their stress level is lower too, because they're in control. They're not subject to the whims of you know these other companies or online platforms or what the market's feeling like doing. You know, the agents that are really great at those top spokes. It doesn't matter if it's a buyer or a seller's market. It doesn't matter what the interest rates are. They're in absolute control. They hardly even think about those things. They think about who is my next listing.
0: So please do not say Tim and Julie Harris are not advocates of social media. Please do not say Tim and Julie Harris are not advocates of you guys building staff, adding teams, doing the branding, and all the rest of it. All of those things have a logical place in your business. And we're huge advocates of them. A lot of that stuff is a hell of a lot of fun. Let's just be honest right? It, it, they are. They're just, they're, frankly, working on your brand and working on videos and whatnot is more fun than calling an expired listing. But the expired listing, the results you get, the money you make, the, the efficiency of the t- effort equaling results. Ultimately, that's how you guys get rich where your money works for you. You no longer work for your money. So see these things as they are. Now I'm going to give you permission to do something. And this is something that might sound a little bit in contradiction to this week's podcast. If you were to choose, Julie just said it, but if you were to choose only a few things to really get good at, don't just pop from one to the other. Do them methodically. Start with the most effective, get like 90% efficient at it, and then add another spoke. Don't try to do multiple spokes at the same time. Otherwise, you're never going to get good at any one thing. But what happens is if you get good, when you get good at the proactive lead generation, you might choose to never do the passive lead generation. And guess what? You won't have to. You won't ever have to consider doing any sort of direct mail or any of these other types of things if you choose not to because you won't have to because you're getting consistent business and making lots and lots of money because you're seeing effort equaling results and you're saying to yourself when you know some prospector calls you, Trying to sell you some, you know, geo farming whiz bang idea mm-hmm. that's a complicated CRM with some direct mail postcard widget. He's going to somehow, you know, predictably use satellites and artificial intelligence and male, uh, alien secrets to know what sellers are going to potentially list their house next. But right? it'll
1: only cost you fifteen grand a year with a minimum commitment of at least one year, and you know that's how long it should take.
0: What do you mean you want results? What do you what do you mean you, you, you're asking for some sort of like validation that this idea works? Uh, you, you know, that's, this is the, these are the things you guys fall prey to. And you're going to say hell to the no, because you're going to know with confidence, you won't even take the call. Frankly, you're not even going to read the email. You're going to know confidently. Or how about all these people that are calling you? Hey, Julie, are you looking, are you interested in taking on any buyer or seller leads? Right, You're going to say, nope, I have all the business I can handle. And if I want more, I know how to take it because I'm a proactively generator. How
1: about I sell you some leads?
0: <laughs> exactly. So ultimately, guys, you can be a very effective proactive lead generator and choose never to do the passive stuff. And the other advantage of doing it that way is you have massive margins. Some of the biggest, like uh, Jade Mills out in L.A. I had her on the podcast a while ago. And she, if you guys know she is, she's really an, a true icon in the real estate industry. Well, guess what? She has virtually no team and most of her lead generation is done proactively, voice to voice. Now, she doesn't talk about that. Not she, When I asked her the questions about that on the podcast, if you want to go back and re-listen to it, you'll hear she's kind of hesitant to answer the question because it's, it's not trendy for you to say, I work directly with my sellers. I don't delegate sellers. I work directly when doing all my pre-qualifying. I don't delegate that. A lot of you think there's some sort of I don't even know, romance or some sort of honor in never having to learn how to do the real work of real estate, well, you can delegate everything, but you will have no profit margin. So guys, this market is gonna create more real estate millionaires than anything we've seen in the last at least 15 years. You have to learn how to do the real work of real estate please consider becoming a premier coaching client text the word premier to four seven three seven two text the word premier to four seven three seven two or just go to premiercoaching.com. Thank you for continuing to make this the number one, listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. Thank you to all of you, uh, especially agent magazine who, uh, have uh, voted Julie and I, the number one coaches for 2022. Thank you for keeping Harris rules. The number one, one of the top, uh, you know books of uh, in, in, available at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, every major bookseller, one of the best selling real estate books of all time. It is truly our pleasure and our honor to be your real estate coaches. Please do something with this information. Please don't just listen to it and say, "Well, that was a good use of my half hour or whatever." Please actually apply it. Make this market your market. Remember, your highest and truest purpose on this planet is to be of service to other people. You have to earn the right to be of service to other people. And when you do through your skills and your approach, you will be absolutely, completely blown away by this success in all measurable ways um, that you could possibly, that you frankly possibly couldn't even dream of. Financial, personal, emotional, all those things will come your way when you are of service to other people. Start with a mindset and then follow it up with a skill set. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show on Monday.